This episode was edited by Deadset Podcasting. If you want your podcast to sound this good, check out deadsetpodcasting.com forward slash services. Get the sound you're chasing. If you or a loved one need mental health assistance or are experiencing a mental health crisis, call Lifeline 24-7 on 13 11 14. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of FYI, All Things Mental Wellness. This week's guest is an AFLW superstar. She was drafted to the mighty Collingwood Magpies with their second round selection in the 2016 AFL Women's Draft. She was named the club's inaugural captain, a title she still retains today. With a list and arm long of personal sporting accolades, some of which include a four-time under-19 state representative, a seven-time Vic Metro rep, and a four-time All-Australian representative in Aussie rules, you could say she's almost done it all. When we reached out to her about being involved in an episode to help us keep the conversations going and highlighting that no one is immune to mental ill health, she jumped straight on board, which just shows you the quality of the woman. Steph Giocchi, welcome to FYI. Thanks for having me. That's a nice little wrap. I appreciate oh, that. Oh, glad you liked <laughs> it. Took me a little while. <laughs> no, Thank look, you. really, really appreciate it, Steph. Um, you know, what we're about is is providing our listeners some tips and tricks from all different walks of life, you know, men, women, no age sort of, you know, confinements. And, and like I say, there, there's no immunity to it, unfortunately. So um, I guess, you know, we'd like to start with everyone knows what you do. And if they didn't, they do now. My first question is probably, gosh, how do you manage being a school teacher and a semi-professional athlete? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, It certainly comes with its challenges. But I think for me, I was teaching before the AFLW sort of came to fruition and we never expected the season to start back in 2017, so it was sort of a pipe dream. Yeah, being a full-time teacher, absolutely love what I do, and to combine footy and teaching, I think's you know pretty special. But yeah, it has some challenges. I um, the first three seasons, I actually was working, um, you know, getting up at seven to coach it on some days, and then you know going to work, and then getting home to then go straight to training, and I wouldn't get home till 10, 30, 11. Um, and I found I was pretty knackered um, mm. come the end of the year. So I actually took leave without pay this season, in the fourth season. Um, so I took the entire term off just so I could focus on football and get the most out of myself. I wasn't overly happy with how I was performing and our team as a whole really didn't live up to expectations. So I just wanted to make a, a difference and be the best that I could be. So yeah, I took that time off and we had a much better season and I had a better season personally. But mm. look, it, it's time management. I, I'm pretty organised in general, um, probably a bit OCD with my organisation, which does cause me a bit of stress at times. I'm sure we'll touch on that. But um, yeah, it's just time management and making sure that, you know, I'm getting getting to bed and getting some good hours sleep, making sure my full-time job's not compromised, which I was finding it was in the first three seasons because you're just so footy, footy, footy. Mm. Um, even though footy only runs in summer for one term, you're sort of invested in it the whole year round. Yep. But, yeah, just time management. The school's really good to me. They um, 
get a bit of leeway here and there if I need to duck off early for meetings or for training and things like that. So, That's yeah, nice. it's a balancing act. Yeah, it is nice, but you're, you're yeah, quite a leader, not everyone right? loves a meeting. You're quite, yeah, exactly. But you're quite a leader, yeah. obviously. I mean, you, you've coached. You're a leader by being the captain of the club and obviously around the club you're seen as a leader uh, and a motivator of people and you're involved with kids at school in their most um, vulnerable stage of life when they're sucking in every bit of information they possibly can. Do you, do you think you're an influencer? Do, how does that sit with you? Yeah, it, it's funny. Like you hear the word leader and role model and things like that and it's really sort of humbling but it's not something I, I reflect on often. I think once I'm done with my career, it'd be something I look back on and go, you know what, I did make a difference. But look, I like to think that, you know, I'm making a difference in people's lives in some way, shape or form, um, whether it's with my teammates, how I conduct myself, lead by example, supporting them and obviously in the classroom, you know, supporting my students. And I think being a coordinator has sort of helped me with my footy. I deal with a lot of wellbeing issues at school and just sort of problem solving and navigating through those sort of issues and trying to help my kids out. And I think that sort of transfers over to football as well, just being really good with people. Um, Are you saying foot, just- football as a children? Is that what you're trying to say? As in, so like just, yeah, well, yeah, in a way, really. Like, yeah, in a way, like the football environment, You've everybody learns differently, first yes. and foremost. Everyone has their own challenges. Um, and I think the way that, you know, you have to approach situations at school sort of helped me out in the footy world. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter who we are, we're all still learning, aren't we? So, and to have, to have someone who's positive and, and, and walking the walk and, you know, doing all the things that they, they should be doing to be a leader without tooting your own trumpet and jumping up and down and say, oh, I'm the leader, so follow and do everything mm. I say, that kind of leadership is, is the best. And for you to be mm. able to immerse yourself in, and I'm guessing at that time where at the start of AFLW where Collingwood were supposedly going to be the force of of the competition and and it didn't eventuate that as way, mm. the way that everybody thought it might, I'm guessing in the background the players themselves would have beaten themselves up a bit um, because, yeah. I mean, you, you're it. Yep. I mean, it doesn't matter what the hell they, the staff do, you're it at the end of the day. It's, if the players were beating themselves up a little bit, you would have had to have been immersed in all of that in trying to build them back up and keeping them positive. But that must have been a drain on you. So how did, yeah, you, be, how did you manage that? Yeah, I would be lying if I, I'd said it didn't take its toll on totally. me personally because you obviously, you know, the, the buck falls with you being, mm. being the leader. But, you know, there's obviously big pressure that comes with representing the biggest club in the country. Um, so I was, you know, very much aware of that but very well supported at the club but you know, underperforming in those first few seasons was really challenging. Um, you know, self-doubt starts to creep in. And for me personally, I've, I've spoken about it before where I wasn't performing to the best of my ability as a footballer on the field, which is my job. And then you're having to manage people as well. So yeah, I was pretty hard on myself. Um, there were times there where you sort of question your, your leadership capabilities, whether you're the right person for the job, you know, should I just be focusing on my football, a little bit of self-doubt. But there's one thing I learned throughout that time is if you've got good people around you, then you can succeed. And we've made a lot of changes. And I'm not saying the girls that were there and the coaching staff that were there weren't good people, but we just needed a culture shift. Um, it became quite negative at times. And I thought that, think that brought some people down. So yeah, culture shift, got some really good people involved in the program. Um, girls that wanted to be drafted, or didn't want to be there, moved on. Um, we brought in some really young talent in the past two years. We've 
basically held on to all our draftees, uh, which is a sign of, you know, a culture shift. And, you know, we've got, fanta- we've got a psychologist at, at football, Jackie Lauder, who worked closely with us, who I was seeing personally anyway, three years prior. So I'd already had a relationship with her. You know, you've got Nick Maxwell, who's obviously a premiership captain who works with us as leaders. So just sort of, you know, working with people who are invested, positive, and, you know, eventually I think we're in a really good spot now. Um, our culture is definitely improving. Is there a wellness improving. program that's within the club? I'm sure there is. I mean, the hard part of being a part-time athlete is you're only allowed to be there at certain times and according to your contract and things like that. We, Jackie, you know, is in regular contact with us, um, email, phone call. Um, she does, does like her induction period where she'll, you know, present to the playing group, um, but she's available at all our training sessions. You can just hook up a time with her to have a chat. And, yeah, I'm, I'm sure if, if you – were to ask her that she would be more than willing to help you through those sorts of things. Um, she works closely with us as leaders, gives us tips on how to approach situations to get the best out of the so group. She, and so to she and the support group are very approachable, obviously. Very approachable. Um, you know, I've got her number on speed dial. I can just pick mm. up the phone, give her a call whenever. Yeah, wonderful human. But yeah, you need those support networks around you and not to say that they weren't there in the first few seasons, but it was just challenging we in our infancy, trying to find our feet. Um, you know, you've got, you've only got a certain amount of, of money to spend, you know, where do you invest that money? It was like a learning curve. I, it's really hard to explain if you if no, don't know I, I the landscape. The I mean, there, there's always going to be teething problems. I'm not, I'm not suggesting they are problems, but yeah. There's always teething problems when something's new and everyone's learning. And But, you know, a big point there is, you know, what's around you, the support mm. and in any, any everyday life, in a working environment, in a home environment, in your sporting environment. Like it's it's who you surround yourself with and it's it's the, yeah, the people around us that help shape us and, I, and create yeah, those absolutely. environments. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you know how you said you were involved with the psych early in the piece? But yep. before, you know, later on, she involved with everybody else. Yep. Was that a choice of yours? Did you yeah. try to find someone who was going to be a mentor or someone to share with? What was the catalyst for all of that? Yeah, so um, I represented the Western Bulldogs prior to the Bulldog, uh, prior to Collingwood in the exhibition series. And when talk of AFLW was sort of happening, you could sign a couple of players prior to that as your marquee players, and then you could have a priority pick. And usually that was reserved for someone who worked at the club and or had been involved in the club and I wasn't selected by the Bulldogs. I'd played pretty poor footy even though I was their captain. So that hit me pretty hard. I went through a breakup at that stage, um, like a five-year relationship. So I wasn't in a good way mentally. Like I I wasn't too bad but I just needed someone to talk to and I thought if I could combine someone who understood the sporting scene as well as could, you know, help me with my relationship stuff, that would be ideal and, you know, approach the AFLPA um, and thankfully, you know, we have avenues to, to these types of support systems, which we're very fortunate to have. Um, and yeah, hooked up with, um, with Jackie Lauder from Olympic Park. And that was oh, four or five years ago now. So I was actually, yeah, engaging with her and seeing her quite often. And then um, we appointed her at Collingwood last year. I think it was the year before she gave me a call. She's like, hey, I've just had a chat to Collingwood, you know, it's not a conflict of interest or anything. I'm just a heads up. I hope you're okay with that. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. yeah I very... thought you might have put in a good word for her. You were going to Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, <laughs> they approached her. So she's um, she's a fabulous psychologist. And, is the, yeah, is the Players really Association helpful. a really strong advocate for you guys? Yeah, they are. Obviously, they deal with all the financial things and the contracts and the CBA and all the 
the boring stuff that, you know, I don't know too much about. Sure. But, yeah, no, they are really supportive, obviously, and we touched on it earlier with what's happened in AFLW, the sad passing of Jacinda Barclay from GWS. There are support system, systems in place for us to, to access and, you know, that's across the board. That's for the men's programs as well. So, yeah, they are big advocates for us and um, not only support us in terms of our well-being but financially, careers and things like that. And we, we're fortunate at the club we have a PDM, so a player development manager as well. Uh, Maddie Hayter is her name who works with the psychologist but she's there to sort of nurture and, and guide the younger girls in particular with their career choices you know, footy doesn't last forever. True. Um, and she actually works at Headspace as well. So we've got, yeah, got a lot of support network wow. around us. That sounds yeah. like it's, it's, yeah, great it's, team. Because as, as athletes, you, you don't know everything. So when you're thrust into that world, there's contracts and there's money and there's this and there's that and there's a dozen different things you've got to do. So to be able to take on professional assistance with that, mm. and whether that be provided by the Players Association or wherever you might get that from, does that help you – with your anxiety, does that help you to say, okay, that's sorted, that's sorted, that's sorted. I can just go off and be the best at kicking that bloody ball that I can possibly be? Yeah, it's extremely helpful. I think for me and maybe the girls that had full-time professions already and were sort of set up, we don't have a lot to do with with Maddie and um, our PDM, but um, for the younger girls that have you know just been drafted or want to study or looking for rentals or whatever it might be, it's really valuable. Um, and the feedback's been really really good. So, but again, it's just a matter of you know if you've got any questions or if you you know you want to change careers or if, whatever it might be, you can just pick up the phone and, and give her a call. You know, so you've got someone there to sort of bounce ideas off. Um, and I know within the PA as well, there you know if you. Like for example, if I wanted to invest in another property, you know they've got a, they've got people and expertise in that area. Yep. So it's not just limited to those few sort of. Um, I think that's a takeout is that it's not just a sport thing. It's that in, no, in it's everyday not. life, that if you can invade in, in, involve professionals in whatever it might be, you might want to get a like you said, you want to invest in another property. You might need to find someone who can help you with that, get that property, mm. and then a finance broker to help you to to broke that and get the money for that, or. It might oh, be okay. yeah, yeah. self-promotion, yeah, self-promotion yeah. <laughs> yeah. and then you might be, um, you know, it might be a mental health professional or it might be a, doc- a doctor. It doesn't matter. Don't be afraid to engage somebody to help you out with the stuff that you don't know. And not it, it's it's probably the, the generational, you know, Steph's just a little bit younger than us, but it's it's such a breath of fresh air to hear your generation and, and even the, the younger generation that it is okay. They just you just talk about it like, yeah, I needed to see a psych, I needed to see a counsellor, and whereas Bern and I, being that little bit older, our generation was that, <clears throat> yeah, you know, we don't talk about that. It's all very taboo, and you know, men probably more so than women. Mm. But yeah, so- I, I, look, I go, I understand the whole men more than women thing, but I, I fall back off that a little bit to say that. It doesn't matter whether you're a man or a woman. We're the same. We go through the same. No, no, I know that, but I'm just saying a generational thing in particular. Yep. Males of your generation it's pull our heads in and don't talk. We're ostriches. Yeah, well, that's true. It's a generalisation. I get that. Yep. So it, it is very, very refreshing to hear someone just speak so openly about it. it I think it's fantastic because it's going to be your generation, and then you know your your kids sort of generation that we're yeah. going to see the biggest change, aren't we? It's, it's not yeah, going to be mine. I hope mine. so. Yeah. Well, you know, and like I'm not, an, I'm not an expert in the area, but I teach um, 
VCE health. So I've got a bit of an understanding and you're right in saying that, that men are less likely to access healthcare. Um, yeah, they are. And men are less likely to access mental health services. So, you know, there's research, that's research-based. So, you know, we, we talk to our kids about that all the time and the reasons as to why and, you know, the whole got to be macho and, you know, tough and all those sorts of things. So it's just breaking down those barriers and the stigma around it all. And, yeah, so that's part of my job as well. Yeah, I mean, that, which awesome. is awesome. And there is all of that. But I was stoked when we are doing a little bit of research about you that you're also involved with Lip Timber. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was involved with September. Yeah. Yep. So were you? Um, yeah, back in the day. Um, yeah. But even that program, because I mean, everything's men's mental health, men's mental health, men's mental health. Is what you hear on the radio seemingly all of the time. To have Lip Temba, and there's another one that you're into as well, isn't there? Yeah. So it's a lot of a lot of my information online hasn't been updated, oh, but I have done yeah, yeah. a lot of work with Our Watch. That's um, the one. So yep. yeah. So obviously the domestic violence against children and, and their women and their Mothers, yes. should say women and yeah, their women. children. Yeah. So I did a bit of work with Our Watch. Um, that was back in the day with the doggies. So I did a bit with Bobby Murphy there, which was awesome. Lip Temba, yeah, a few a few things like that, which are it's really It's nice really to be important. involved, isn't it? It's nice to be able it to have is. some and influence. Like, it was nothing, you know, too formal. You know, often you get asked to to be involved involved in these kinds of campaigns, and I was sort of my hand up straight away, you know, got to wear some pretty nice lipstick for that Lip Timber <laughs> campaign. That was through Diamond Creek as well. So that was, you know, at VFL oh, wow. level. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And a little bit with Collingwood the following year, uh, which was pretty cool. We're mucking around and in, in our office, and Nuds and I work together, and in our office we're playing with Movember at the moment. So Nadia's, yep. Nadia's growing a, a pretty hot little moustache, which yeah, you may not too. be able Don't to worry. see I from I think there. it's the Italian in me, Nadia. It is, is sure. Steph. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> Like when he said the email out, I, I'm the only female. I'm just trying to madly find my photo and I'll, I'd happily share it with you. <laughs> so there's you. five five guys in the office in Nadia and, uh, and she's outgrowing all of us, which is fun. Yeah, it must be the <laughs> Italian background. That's it okay. Is, it is. We're just jealous. That. Yeah, absolutely. That. Steph, Bernie lied actually. I'm, I'm going to catch him out here. Oh. We sort of take it in turns really researching some of our more higher profile guests and I did you because I'm a Collingwood supporter and I follow you on Instagram and I love all your, um, <laughs> in particular, all your references to the WOG life, the Italian yes, life. Yeah, I'm a, I've got dinner with Nonna tonight. I haven't seen oh. her in five months. So I cannot wait. She's Is making she further lasagna. Away? She's further away so you can yeah, get to her? Yeah, she's yeah. Just, yeah, she was 29 k's away. So I was a good girl, followed oh. the rules, so I haven't seen so her. So were your parents born in Italy or were they born no, here? No, so I'm third generation. Oh, third generation. I, I, if, you, if you ask my partner, I'm a fake Italian, but my <laughs> parents are born here and all my nonni, my four yep. grandparents were born overseas in Italy, yeah. Yeah, okay, fair enough. My parents were actually born in Italy, so okay, I'm so one you're, of five. you're more Italian than me. Yes. Yes, that's, that's okay. okay. Is this a competition? Uh, well, I yeah. knew I knew an Italian girl once. <laughs> yeah, that makes that, you Italian. Uh, how's yeah. that? that? That's it. You're in. <laughs> but Steph, in my research, I've had lots of interesting stuff oh too. By the okay. way, but I, I know you've spoken a little bit about the resilience program. So is that something you stumbled across within the school system? Was it within your personal life? Was it with your footy life? How did you stumble across it, and what drew you to it? Yeah, good question. Um, through work, so through the school system, um, a fella, Paul McCormack, and I, both another football coach, we teach this subject in Year 9 called Power to You. And it's all about we teach mindfulness and uh, meditation and 
negative self-talk and how that impacts on you and how the difference between that and positive and how our brains are negative bias and things like that. And we actually stumbled across Hugh's um, work and the Resilience Project and we showed that video of him when he went to India, which is no longer on YouTube. I actually reached out to them. So I'm going to – there's only a shortened version of it and just how – this little fella just showed so much empathy and and understanding and he was all of eight years old. And so we showed that video and the kids absolutely love it. And then to go on and learn that, you know, you, your mind naturally scans for negative. So if you can write down or say three things that went well for you every day. So I do it with my partner every now and then and we talk about what went well or what was really good today and not just, oh, I've got my family, I've got my partner, just little things. So, yes. for example, um, I had a really good conversation with a student that made me feel good inside, something like that. Yep. You know, after 21 days, your brain automatically starts scanning the world for more positives. Um, and then after 42 days of practising that, it can reduce the symptoms and, of, um, and likelihood of anxiety and depression. So I thought that was really powerful. So, that yeah, I sort of invested in that and, yeah, have you read often the book? have conversations. I haven't read the book. I'd oh, love to say that I have, but yeah, I've got it. a few on the go. I've got a few books of partners reading the secret at the moment. Oh yeah, Brini Brow. What is that one? Oh, Lockie Neal mentioned it when he. Um, oh no, my girlfriend's going to be so annoyed if I don't help you with that because literally yesterday it's in the other room. I could probably find it. I should it know is the Brene Brown. Brene Brown. That's own Brene Brown. Yeah. Um, so that's on the list to read as well. I've got that here. So daring greatly, and then I've got becoming supernatural. So there's a few on the list. Oh, you got a few happening to get Good through. For you. I, to be fair, I struggle to read those types of books. I'm more a crime girl, so. Oh my lord! Oh my Very god! We so must be related. Oh, fake crime all the way! Like, oh, I cannot fake. put a book down. No, no, it's oh yeah. no, no, true. No, crime. no, true crime's a bit too scary when you live by yourself. Sometimes <laughs> I haven't got past so. comics. Comic, comic, oh really? Okay. No, well, it sounds like it sounds like your um, selection there of of very inspiring people is mm. yeah, that's very refreshing. How nice! Like I'm a mother to a 20 year old boy, and like he didn't learn all this at school. Oh, I'm stoked. So, like to hear you say what you're teaching and showing the kids. That's just, oh, my gosh. A few years ago, yeah. um, my wife and I, we, we looked into potentially trying to put a program into schools called um, Men in Schools because at yep. that time there were very few male teachers and it was very um, female orientated. And my wife's uh, a teaching aide um, in one of the schools and uh, and so is my son. And we very loosely talked about this around the outsides and trying to get it in there. It's less important now than the programs of like the resilience program uh, and all that sort of stuff coming mm. in at the year nine, ten level, um, mm. than, than what it would have been to put more. We were trying to put dads back into the classrooms to read to the kids and do that sort of stuff. So that there was some sort of balance between the the, the male and female. I mean, and it was, look, there was a massive imbalance at the time in the schools that we were looking at. So that's what prompted that. And I'm so not mm. suggesting that was going to be the be all and end all to everything, but I honestly believe that a better system is what you guys are trying oh, to implement absolutely. now. Absolutely. Yeah, I think we're we're pretty lucky. So it's we call it our Connect program. I think you'll find most schools will have something similar on the go. But yeah, it's it's a whole day program on a Wednesday for our year nine. So I coordinate the year nines, but then I get to work with them pretty much the whole day on a Wednesday. A lot of you know, some of the other topics. So we've got kitchen to table, obviously this is pre COVID times where you could we had a barista come in, teach them how to make coffee, and then they have a little celebration day after the five-week block where they have their parents in at recess and they've served them coffee and little nibbles and things like that. And then you've got um, Law and Order where they 
learn about the court systems and all everything that goes with that. And then there's this year I taught Map Your World, which has nothing to do with geography, but all about positivity and kindness and how you want to be seen in the world. So yeah, we, we're very lucky to be able to do that. And I absolutely love teaching that power to you. I think I'm teaching again next year. So yeah, really That's exciting. And definitely just building kids, the resilience. Isn't oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's life skills. I mean, yeah. we always say to the kids, what class do you ever get to, told to come on in, take your shoes off, lay on the ground and listen to a 15 minute meditation mm-hmm. and fall asleep if you want. Yeah, it just mm. doesn't happen. It so didn't it's a pretty when I was real. I used to do yeah, that. Yeah, no, it's um, it's a pretty real class, and it's things that you just don't, you know, yeah, you don't get taught in maths and science and English and things yeah. like that. So life's pretty full on. When you yeah, go it's busy. from when you go from full time teacher to full time athlete, because you almost are. How do you compartmentalize things? How do you yeah. bring it down so that you can manage those things? What What do you use? What would you share with someone? Yeah, it's obviously support networks and talking through situations and time management, all that jazz, but I'm very organised. I think for me it's about when you have downtime actually making the most of it. I'm, you know, quite active on social media and probably too active at times where I can't really switch off. I really struggle to switch off. I think Mads, my partner, would agree with that. So it's just about making the most of the downtime that you have um, you know, we, we love going for walks. I've got a beautiful golden retriever named Bentley. Uh, walking him, he, he takes up a lot of our time. Going out for brunch. Is that what you tell people? Um, I have a Bentley. I have a Bentley. Yeah, I know, right? I imagine <laughs> that. Oh, yeah, I no, have no. A Bentley. No, Holden, remember? Yeah, that's right. Sponsors. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, yeah. So it is difficult at times. I think my brain, I'm always on the go. I'm probably, I hyper focus on things, and that, that's just who I am. So that's why this type of, you know, mental health is so important to talk about and to find strategies that work for you in particular because, yeah, I think Mads will tell you I don't switch off. Sometimes you carry work with you to training and sometimes you carry training with you home or game day or whatever it might be. So it's just finding your outlet, people to talk to, trying to switch off from the world as best you can. So what do you do on game day? How do you switch off from all of the rest of that to concentrate on game day? Yeah, look, we're pretty. We need to be there two hours before, and we have to hand in our phone. So that's the Mm. key, I think. Just not having any other distraction. If we have a night game, someone once told me it was Mitch Wallace from the Bulldogs said, "Go to a movie." So I've tried that before. Um, Just things to sort of that are sort of mindless, if that makes sense. So you don't Mm. really have to think. Um, Obviously, you're always going to have a little bit of nerves, a little bit of anxiety about the game. I'm sort of a more of a bubbly character when I get to, to footy, hand your phone in, walk around, talk to the girls. You kind of know who wants to be left alone and who wants a bit of banter, a uh, bit of music on. You know, sometimes that works for you, sometimes it doesn't because it can overstimulate you or understimulate depending on the music. Um, but, yeah, you just got to find what works for you. But I, I like to chat. Um, keeps me sort of no, grounded. Surely, yeah. Not. No, love a chat, love a chat. <laughs> uh, but I can be really introverted as well, so I'm rid of. I'm a weird one. I'm a weird one. I think the chat thing is is awesome. We were talking about that earlier today. Where if you share something, doesn't matter what it is, if you share it, it can take the load off yourself. So if you're chatting to somebody, trying to build up their uh, their hype, or or you're just whatever it is that you're doing, by sharing mm. information backwards and forwards, it's a natural high. Or a natural relaxant, one of the two, I reckon. I don't know what it is, but to share and talk. Even some of the people that we've had in um, who have specifically came uh, come here and, and talked to us about their journey, you see them when we turn everything off, their shoulders just go, wow, 
Yeah. They, f- they feel so good that they've got yes, that out expression. there. And it, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't need to be in this setting. It's just in everyday life. It doesn't need to be a big problem. It can be something small. But that's mm. right. Sharing does just seem to take that. Um, so we're looking at things. We're saying keep the talk, engage professionals where necessary, surround yourself with positive people, mm-hmm. find the things that make you happy and keep you calm. Mm. What else? What did I miss? Gratitude. I think the, posi- the positive people one is is really important. Like you find yourself, you know what it's like. If you're feeling pretty crappy and then you project that onto somebody else and they're in agreement with you, like it can really bring people down. And I'm not saying you can't vent here and there and, you know, you've got to have those people, whether it's a partner, family member, best friend, whatever. But I think for me and touching on that, I've got people that obviously rely on me and because I'm a leader and I do hear a lot of different things and I think that's great. I'm grateful that they feel comfortable enough to open up to me and I do take a lot on. I'm a very emotional person too. But at times you kind of just have to take a step back and go, you know what, that's actually quite negative and then you sort of direct them. I'm getting better at that. That's something I've been working on and sort of direct them into another, I suppose, avenue yes. um, to sort of help them out. But, yeah, that, that's a key one, the positive people um, and, and you don't need to be an expert, Steph. I know we've banged on about this too. So if if you feel comfortable enough in someone or you want to share something with someone, that someone doesn't need to be an expert. No, not at all. just need to be a great listener and someone that can channel you off to like you're trying to do when it's becoming a bit much. Yeah. Channel them off to, to someone else or, or to a service or, or to an expert in that field because we don't want people to stop sharing either. We don't yep. want people to start thinking, oh, God, I don't want to talk to Steph. She's going to think I'm a nutter or oh, I mm. always go to her or, you know, we don't want that to stop either. But in turn, you know, that, that saying, you know, counsel the counsellor because someone's yes. got to look after the person that's getting smashed. So when you That's do get it. smashed and all, everyone talks to you and, the, and that weighs. I know it does. It comes yeah, you know, yeah, eventually. Yeah. It, it, do you like? Do you hit the gym? Do you get in there and lift weights <laughs> and things? Is that gym's, your thing? Gym's not my forte. I oh. don't know if you've seen me play, Bernie. Oh, but I am a, we, we heard different, didn't we, no, Bernie? Yeah, we thought running was not your thing. <laughs> You're kidding, aren't you? Surely. <laughs> totally. Nah, gym's not my thing. Pretty well documented amongst the group. <laughs> we thought no, that's why I, you were um, late. You I were still at the gym. No, I, I was rushed. The traffic was shocking on the way home. Everyone's <laughs> back on the roads. No, I. You, my outlet as such is, you know, obviously talk. I talk talk to mm-hmm. my key people. I've got key people that I'll talk to. Happy to do that, and grateful that they listen. Good sounding boards, but yeah, I do love running. I find exercise like you can. I said before. I know you can carry, you know, some stuff from school to training and whatnot. But when I get to training, like for like two and a half hours, you're not thinking about anything else other than what you're doing and the people around you. And so exercise, obviously, especially during, you know, lockdown, um, you're based in Victoria? Yes. Both yeah. You? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know what it's like? Yeah, during that lockdown period, like I just craved going for doing our running program. Absolutely loved it. Like drove Mads insane. But I'm like, yep, this is when we're running. This is what we're doing. Like just kept me motivated. So yeah, exercise. Oh, yeah, would have needed that How do you through those do all times. that at Collingwood though? How do you do all that at Collingwood? when you have to hold your breath all the time. Yeah, okay. You've really done some research, haven't you? 
And to be fair, it wasn't the Holden Centre. I hold my breath. It was Vic Park. So oh, we yeah, played there. True, true. Yeah, yeah. It was Vic Park on the Dear old Bernie. Bridge line. I knew. Do you feel yeah. like a deal no, now? Not at all. He nah. thought he was well, so no, smart. No, nah, he's funny. No, nah, I didn't. <laughs> didn't. My non not We weren't allowed to breathe in the air, so hold our breath. <laughs> and then Dad actually wore a Carlton playing jumper underneath his T-shirt to the draft. No. Just in case I got to Carlton, which were two picks after, and then went to the function <laughs> at the Colton Centre and like, had photos out the front lifting up his shirt, showing his Carlton. Anyway, he's <laughs> oh, a bit mad. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> but so he's now at so for everyone listening, the backstory is when you were kids and you were going past Vic Park in Collingwood yep. as Carlton supporters, the family tradition was you'd hold your breath on the way past in case you breathed in the horribleness of Collingwood. Correct. Yeah, yep. there you go. <laughs> yeah, had to hold it. And, and sometimes if they were being extra brutal and cautious – They'd make us hold it at Collingwood Station too. So it wasn't just Vic Park. <laughs> yeah, I used to sneak a few breaths through my nose. Maybe that's why I ended up there. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You've just got a little bit in you. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Well, my godfather, my godfather is um, Collingwood. So apparently I supported Collingwood for a day when I was growing up. <laughs> a so, day? You know, I think I a might day, have done that once. According too. to Dad. Dad disowned me for a little bit. Yeah. My family are heavy-duty Collingwood supporters, um, and luckily I have two grandfathers who were Richmond supporters, and they, ah, took, so you went that they, way. they took me under their wing. Um, You'd be happy. But, uh, oh, currently, yes, but we got smashed for years and years like everyone does. It's that sport. It comes yep. and goes, doesn't it? But And it's the passion that goes with it all. And That's it. It's, what I think what you do is, is, is an awesome outlet for people. Where else in the world do you get to go and yell and scream and get it off your chest – at the person that you don't know. So I don't know Steph particularly well, but if I'm watching you play footy and you do something stupid, I can yell and scream at you like nothing else and I feel better. I feel better. And you don't know the difference. Yeah, that's true, true. Sometimes you do hear those sneaky fans on the side, though. But if you're yelling at a TV, I'm not like it's not that. too bad. No, no, it's in front of the no, TV. No, I hope not. I have, I have copped a bit on the sideline. I remember yeah, one yeah. game. Yeah, I did. I think it was um, we were in round one last this, this season against West Coast. Up on that wing, I heard something like, get a touch, Kyochi, your dog, or something like that. And I was like, what the hell? It's easy to be an armchair expert. Oh, absolutely. But how do you deal with that, Steph? Because, you know, whether you're playing AFLW or whether you're playing local school or, you know, club club sport on the weekend, how Mm. do you deal with that sort of outside noise? How do you deal with it? Yeah, unfortunately, it's probably part and parcel of our game, isn't it? I mean, not the abuse side of it, but the yelling and the screaming, but the passion, yeah, look. I think I caught the brunt of it when I, I got suspended in year two, which I'm surprised you didn't bring up yet, actually. But yeah, hey, Bernie wanted to, no. and I put a big black line so through. Nah, I'm happy to talk about it. And Look, said, I've, no way. <laughs> nah, I've never, ever had as much as a yellow card. Like, I'm, it's just not in me. I'm not a, a mongrel. Or I'm not overly tough or anything like that. And I'm not silly, but yeah, just this one incident. Unfortunately, you know, knocked a knocked a player in the head, and it doesn't look great. Like if you look at the footage, but back then, and I was mortified. Like mm. I just sat at we it was out at Moi of all places. God love, <laughs> now we love appropriate. Where my mum lived, love Gippsland. <laughs> big connection with them. Um, I think it was Morwell or Moi, and you know, had a two hour bus ride home, and like I was just bawling my eyes out, and. I remember I didn't want to look at my phone because I knew that the social media would be blowing up and yeah. I was speaking with our ops manager at the time and he was showing me the footage 
And I just remember bawling. I'm like, oh, I could have put her in a wheelchair. Like I didn't mean Aww. to hit her in the head. She was fine. She came back on and got reported herself. But anyway, <laughs> um, the <laughs> amount of messages I had in my inbox, like I just remember giving it to a teammate and saying, just delete them. Like, you know, oh, you're a dog. I'm going to kill you. You're disgusting. Aww. Lowest act I've ever seen. So I learned from then that you just have to shut out social media at times and, you know, I don't read articles or anything like that, um, mm. unless they're positive ones, obviously. Yeah, but, yeah, it is, we're all human and obviously we want to know what's being said about us. But, yeah, like haters it's, are going to hate and oh, it is way too not give them oxygen. But, but also, warrior. you know, things do happen to good people as it did that day with you. Yeah. And, you know, I haven't seen, I've read about it, but I haven't seen the incident itself. But it's, Yeah, it's not, it's not flattering, put yeah, it that way. But, but like it's anything, disappointing to see, but it wasn't intentional, so... That's the main thing. And like anything, Steph, I think what defines you is what happens after it, after any error, after any stuff up in life. It's what happens after it. How and you how conduct you yourself. To it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Oh, Bentley, hello. This is Bentley. Sorry, I know people can't see him, but here he is. Oh, he just comes to say hi. How he wants gorgeous. A walk. Yeah, no, I fair enough. Hi, Bentley. Say mm. hi. Um, Bernie, were you going to ask Steph something? I thought you no. you had in your little <laughs> preparation. No, he's all full of yap, and now he's just gone camera shy. But anyway, yeah. no, not at all. Steph, we we ask everybody if you had a if you had a chance to to write something on a billboard for the world to see, for well, at least Melbourne. Ooh. what would you say? Obviously, oh my around gosh, that is so broad. I know. All right, let's narrow Ooh. it down. What would you say to benefit someone's day? If they saw that first thing in the morning, what would you say on that billboard to brighten oh, their wow. mood? Jeez, okay. I'd probably put a joke on there, something silly. That's what I do with the kids. Totally like a joke. We're I'd all do something here. silly. Yeah. <laughs> like what did the cheese say to itself when it saw itself in the mirror? Halloumi, you know, <laughs> something stupid like that. Um, what would That'll I say? Um, you know what? Probably like some positive affirmation or. Is it something that you tell yourself when you look in the mirror besides halloumi? What do you Uh, say in the mirror? What do I say? I probably, it's more about probably like that positive mindset for me is key. So, I mean, you all have your down days, but just about this whole, you know, you, you attract what you put out there. So, you know, the secret. Yes. I did watch the movie the other day. So yeah, that sort of affirmation of, you know, if you have good thoughts, good things will come. You know, it doesn't mean you're going to have you're going to be 100 percent perfect and things won't go wrong. But just having a mindset that, you know, I do believe in this and I do deserve this. I don't know. I, I don't know what I'd write. No, that's lovely. We get the picture that's with the law of attraction. Cheese. Law of attraction. And, and keep attraction, it achievable. I think. I think you know what you've said to us along the way through here is, is stay within yourself. You know, be be the best you that you can be. Be a ch- make things achievable. You know, you could wish to win lotto, you know, and mm. reflect the fact that you're going to win lotto when you're not necessarily going to win lotto. Mm. That's it. Yep. Yeah, and who you surround yourself with and how you conduct yourself. And, and again, and, you know, we spoke, we've spoken to the great Scotty Cummins. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he he's, he's they're, they're very similar principles to himself. You immerse yourself with the right people and the right support network and that's – that's a huge key. Mm. Huge key. It is. It is. With, yeah. Steph, we end every episode with six questions. And I haven't even pre given you these or anything, but they're not difficult. Perfect. Not as hard That's as okay. a billboard one. 
off the cusp. I like it. Yep. yep. Whiskey or rum? Uh, rum. Text. Do I need to elaborate? Or? No. Actually, no, rum will do, but do you know you're the first out of about eight people that have picked rum? Just no. FYI. A- am I the youngest? Yes. E- yep. <laughs> no. Oh, no. 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 You haven't. Okay. No, no. Sorry. No. Close, close. Text yep. or call? Uh, depends, but I don't mind texting. Okay. Giving or receiving? Giving. Wow, that was quick. Mm-hmm. Facebook or Instagram? Instagram. High school or adult life? High school. Oh, how good was high school? Yeah, right. <laughs> Runch or fold? Uh, I'm a fold. And <laughs> yeah. it has to be over the top, not underneath. Like, like, <laughs> like comes over the top. So right. specific. Very much yes. so. So elaborate, elaborate on rum. Why rum then? Yeah. I just, I wouldn't, to be just fair, do you'd probably put two in front of me and I wouldn't know the difference. Yeah, right. So I'm not a big, I'm, I, I like yeah, bourbon. Is that a, sure. is that a whiskey? That's more of a whiskey, isn't it? Yes. Bourbon whiskey. Okay. Uh, maybe I change. Righto. Yeah. I changed the whiskey. Righto. Can you change that on paper, please? <laughs> change that. Please change that. Sorry, guys. I'll change the transcript <laughs> now. It's all good. Steph, thank you so much. And, you know, people need to know that how accepting individuals like you have been into coming on to some random person contacting you to help spread, you know, the the wonderful help that you've you've just spoke to us all about. Bernie and I are, are super, super excited with what we've put together and you're obviously one of them and I'm sure most of our listeners are going to get a lot out of it. Yeah, we're stoked very much to say thank you. Your your positivity, your outlook, your leadership. The, the way you the conduct you yourself in, your life in the public eye, I think, is Oh, thanks great. very much. No, thank you for having me. I, I love what you're doing. And like you said, get a random message. I'm always, um, yeah, always open to that sort of stuff. And then when I heard that it, it was surrounding mental health, I think it's a very, very important, um, I wouldn't say issue, but very important conversation to have. Yeah, so absolutely. thank you and love what you're doing. Good on you, mate. Thanks, Steph. Thanks for your time. No See you, buddy. See Cheers. Ya. Kick it goal. Go the pies. Go pies. This episode was edited by Deadset Podcasting. If you want your podcast to sound this good, check out deadsetpodcasting.com forward slash services. Get the sound you're chasing.